Hey everyone, it's Amna, the host of Uncomfortable. A quick recap of last week's episode, in case you missed it. It was with Misun Zayed. She's an actress, comedian, advocate. An incredible interview if you missed it. Please go back and listen. But I wanted to take a moment and highlight some of your comments because they did come pouring in a lot over Twitter and a lot of them overwhelmingly supportive of Misun and just kind of inspired by her. So I wanted to take a moment to celebrate some of those comments because they were so lovely. Um, Seth on Twitter, who tweets at skinny MNY, I guess that's skinny mini, wrote that he loved the podcast and the uh, the interview and said he found it very informative and productive. Jen Fry Talks tweeted that she really enjoyed the conversation with Misun and said it really opened her eyes and got her thinking, which is the whole point. So thanks for that, Jen. And uh, Sumia, who tweets at Sumia Yak, uh, tweeted that Misun, she thinks, is an inspiration and that she loved the interview. If you haven't heard Misun speak, please check out the interview. Check out her TED Talk. She is a real inspiration. She's an advocate for disabled Americans and just also one of the funniest people you're ever going to meet. But here's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today, which is that when we spoke to Misun, there was a huge thing that hadn't quite happened yet, which was healthcare reform in America picking up speed. And that, of course, has huge implications for disabled Americans. So what we're going to do today is something a little out of the ordinary. We've invited Misun back just to have a quick conversation so she can talk a little bit about this incredibly important topic. And you're going to hear that right now. Here it is. Misun, thanks so much for making the time. It's good to talk to you again. Now, we talked about a lot in our last conversation. We didn't talk about healthcare reform. It just wasn't one of the topics we had time to cover that day. But I wanted to get your take on it now because it is so central to so many disabled Americans' lives. And it's picking up speed now. So I'm, I'm really glad we could connect. If you could just start by just telling me sort of what place healthcare holds in your life. You are one of millions of disabled Americans. Just to speak from the community's perspective, how do you view your health care? So I happen to be from the age group that was denied health care for a good portion of my life. So prior to 1993, I was uninsurable because of the fact that I did have a pre-existing condition, in my case, cerebral palsy. And I remember when the law changed and I was finally insurable, what a relief that was, because I come from a family where we had insurance and then people grew up and didn't feel like they needed insurance. And my sister actually got brain cancer while she was uninsured. And I saw what those medical bills did to her. And I was always living in fear that that would happen to me until I finally got health insurance. I'm also one of those disabled people that pays for health insurance. So there's this myth that every disabled person is on Medicaid. Even though I'm not on Medicaid, I'm fully aware that for many of my friends with disabilities, Medicaid is the difference between life and death and the difference between independence and institutionalization. And we're not exaggerating when we talk about that. I have friends whose medications are simply not affordable without insurance. And the thing that scares me the most is that we keep being told we won't be denied. We'll have access. But is it really access if you're paying $14,000 a month? Well, and let's talk a little bit about this, just that Medicaid um, portion specifically, because there is this myth 
right? And I think the numbers actually show, as you as you showed there, as you said there, that of and we're just talking disabled adults in America, which does not comprise the entire community. But in terms of Medicaid funding, 10 million of the estimated 22 million disabled adults in America, that's disabled people 18 to 64, depend on Medicaid for some portion of their services. Uh, but as you mentioned, though, it's incredibly expensive. I mean, can you even put into words what kind of effect it would have on you if you were to lose or people that you know who depend on Medicaid services, they were to lose access to that? Well, for both groups, it's extremely expensive. Being disabled in America is extremely costly. And paying for private insurance or having Medicaid never really covers everything. But what Medicaid has done is it has insured three different things for people who do use it. And I don't like the word depend. I think that the disabled community is being vilified for the fact that some of us cannot work, for the fact that a lot of us can work and are not employed because there's mass discrimination in the job market. When I talk about my friends losing their independence, Medicaid allows them to live at home and have a personal care assistant who comes and takes care of them. That creates a job for the personal care assistant and it creates independence for the people who depend on them. For other people, it's literally life and death. Their medications can cost thousands of dollars a year. They're not able to live, actually live their lives without these medications, without these therapies, without ventilators. And Medicaid covers other things that people don't know about. It covers wheelchairs. Wheelchairs cost twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. they are not free like at the airport. So without Medicaid, they would lose their ability to move freely. This has to be a right. Ms. Jean, let me ask you, how are you processing the debate as it's going on now. You saw the version of the House health care bill, the, the version that the Republicans in the House pushed through. We've seen now the latest version of the Senate bill, and we think that there will be a vote at some point soon. How are you processing this debate when you hear what's being said? Well, first of all, I think it's fascinating that health care issue is what's saving us from being stripped of our health care right now. They're unable to vote because John McCain is being treated for a health care issue. And John McCain is also a person who has had a pre-existing condition, who has access to health care. So that, to me, as a comedian, was pretty funny, <laughs> that the thing that saved us was a health care emergency. The second thing is I'm really astonished by the amount of bold-faced lying that's happening. People are misrepresenting the facts. And I have a lot of people in the disability community who 100% believe that Trump care is going to be better for them than Obamacare because they were told everyone will be covered and premiums will be cheaper. So the fact that the numbers are not matching the promises is not being processed by a lot of people who really do believe something better is coming along. And I feel like when I watch this, they're not just erasing the Affordable Care Act. They're erasing what Bill Clinton did, and they're erasing what Johnson did for people with pre-existing conditions and disabilities. What is the option? If your access is limited, if it becomes prohibitively expensive, what, what is the option? There are no options. There are no options. People with disabilities can't just get up and move to Canada and have so socialized health care. Most nations around the world will not accept people 
with disabilities. So we don't have any options but to do what we can with the money that we have. And I guess people with disabilities that aren't institutionalized, they're going to have to resort to begging, which we also call crowdfunding. And there's no shame in going online and asking for funds. But when we become 22 million people begging online, will anybody be able to sustain us? If you're not popular, will you be left to die? What's your greatest fear now when you look? I mean, we're staring down a potential vote coming up, as you mentioned, when Senator McCain says he's healthy and recovered from his surgeries, having a blood clot removed from above his eye, uh, and we wish him well on his recovery. But when he's back, there, there could be a vote scheduled. What's your greatest fear about what will happen if this health care reform bill is pushed through in its current form? My greatest fear, I have multiple fears. I'm really afraid of being priced out of insurance. I remember what it was like to not have it. I enjoy having it. Um, I, I'm afraid of doctors. I don't go that often. But just knowing that it's there in case I need it, it's terrifying to think of what life would be like without it. But more than I fear for myself, I truly feel for my disabled family, my friends that can't live without ventilators, medication, and personal care assistance. I fear that they'll be institutionalized or worse die. Miss Inside, I really appreciate you making the time to talk to us again today. Thank you so much for having me on again. And I hope that this bill doesn't go through and that we do get to keep our health care like a civilized nation. So there it is, our catch-up conversation with Ms. Soon Zayed. Again, if you want to hear her whole interview, we had a wide-ranging conversation about an hour long a few weeks ago. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play Music, on Stitcher. There's a whole interview there and a host of others, too. Leave us a review and a rating while you're there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think. Or if you have ideas for other guests or future topics we should tackle, send them to me. On Twitter, I'm at Navazistan. Use the hashtag uncomfortable talk. And we are on a bit of a hiatus next week. You get a break from us uh, just for one week, though. It's just the perfect chance to catch up, listen to all those old episodes. And we'll be back the following week with brand new episodes and some very uncomfortable talk. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then.